welcome to Dr. Who Panel to Panel. This is Jeremy B. Ment, your host, saying welcome to episode 130 of Panel to Panel. It's towards the end of August here, and we are getting ready for some storms here in Minnesota in northern uh, U.S., but it's time for an episode of Panel to Panel. In this episode, we are going to do some uh, reviews of some upcoming comics from Cutaway Comics. This is the fairly new comic company from Gareth Cavanaugh, who is taking uh, properties from old classic Doctor Who stories and continuing on with characters and settings. Uh, we'll take a look at the final issue of Lytton, the first miniseries that Cutaway Comics has put out. We will take a look at issue number three of Omega, which was their second Kickstarter campaign and the second to last issue of that miniseries. And then we're also going to take a look at two wonderful one-shots that they were they were incentive comics that if they raise enough funds with their Kickstarter campaigns, they decided to make these one-shots as well. We will take a look at Orsini, which was a one-shot featuring the wonderful uh, knight from Classic Doctor Who and his squire Bostock, and also the Eldrad Must Live one-shot comic that came out uh, featuring, of course, Eldrad. We will also take a look at the news as to what is new in way of Doctor Who comics, and I will, in lieu of an interview, because nobody was available at this point in time to chat with, I will do a little spiel of my own about uh, just a couple things that are on my mind. So, with this intro out of the way, thank you for downloading this episode. I hope you enjoy it, and let's get into the news. Alright, so this time around in Doctor Who Comic News, let's go through new releases, because this will be short and sweet. Uh, let's take a look at Thursday, August 19th, which was just about a week or so ago. Over in the UK, and also digitally, Doctor Who Magazine number 568 was released. And in this issue, in lieu of a comic strip, we have part one of a, I believe, a two-part uh, story, which is basically just a, a, a prose story with some wonderful illustrations to go along with it. Uh, I know this first issue had what I believe is the first half of it, and I think it concludes next issue. But once again, I'm kind of sad to say that there's no new Doctor Who comic strip in Doctor Who magazine, and I hope it's not that way for the foreseeable future. Because now that the world seems to be kind of getting back on track with um, COVID, still it's still being tough to battle um, with the Delta variant and whatnot. But I, it's a lot of things are getting back to some semblance of normal. And for me, one of the things, one sign of normalcy is to have a comic strip in Doctor Who magazine. So here's hoping that they get that back in there. Also, I, it's been out for quite some time over in the UK, but the Doctor Who Age of Chaos graphic novel, according to Amazon, was supposed to have been released uh, on Tuesday, the 24th of August. It hasn't hit comic shops yet. It hasn't been on any of Diamond's upcoming uh, ship list for this uh, past couple weeks. So hopefully here sometime shortly, it should be coming out in comic stores. So I know people don't want to miss that. Um... We also have the the Missy graphic novel will be coming out sometime, I believe, in October or early November. And then we also have uh, what is the biggest news is that Titan Comics finally announced their new upcoming uh, next Doctor Who comic, 
which is an 8th Doctor series. Just in case you haven't heard, Titan Comics has announced their new uh, comic series, or Doctor Who comic series. It's going to be a miniseries called Empire of the Wolf. It is going to feature the 8th Doctor and the 11th Doctor, plus the return of Rose Tyler. Not one Rose Tyler, but two Rose Tylers. Uh, Let me read you a little bit of this press release. Titan Comics are excited to announce that this November we'll see the launch of a special Doctor Who comic series marking the 25th anniversary of the 8th Doctor, as well as the 11th anniversary of the 11th Doctor, plus the return of the iconic companion Rose Tyler. Following on from the huge success of the Doctor Who comic crossover adventures starring the 10th and 13th Doctors, this special comic event sees the 8th and 11th Doctors, as played by Paul McGann and Matt Smith respectively, team up with Rose Tyler to defeat a brand new villain. Trapped in a parallel universe, Rose Tyler believed her adventures with the Doctor were over. Now, pulled by a mysterious energy into this reality, she must work with two Doctors to end the tyrannical rule of the war-mongering Bad Wolf Empress. This new series will also see the return of the critically acclaimed creative team behind the Doctor Who comics, with Eisner-nominated writer Jody Hauser, illustrator Roberta Ingranata, and colorist Enrica Aaron Angiolini, all taking part in this unique and exciting project. Jody Hauser elaborated on why this new arc reflects her love of writing for the Doctor Who comics. It's always, been a, it's always a blast to get to dig deeper into elements of the Hooniverse that we've only seen a bit of or haven't seen in a while. It's such an expansive playground to explore and tinker with. Uh, Empire of the Wolf number one will debut with a selection of amazing variant covers by David Basuian, Abigail Harding, and Christopher Jones, as well as a photo cover featuring a brand new character appearing in the upcoming TV series, plus much more. Um, comics going to be coming out in November of 2021, and if you want to read that in full or take a look at the covers, make sure you go to my website, DrWhoComics.com, and you can get all the information about that. You can check it out there. So now we know a, a bit more about what we talked about or what I talked about the, an episode or two ago here on Panel to Panel as far as the 8th Doctor comics that are coming out with. Um, I'm sure it will be a heck of a, a mini-series, and um, I'm looking forward to it. And that is about it for Doctor Who comic news. Let's move on to some reviews because we have a lot of them. In this episode of Doctor Who Panel to Panel, we are going to open the Pandorica big time. We're opening up both doors, all the doors we possibly can, because we're going to cover a lot of ground. There are four new comics that are coming out from Cutaway Comics, the company that's doing the spin-off Doctor Who comics based on various different properties that they can get the rights to and get the creators of different uh, places and people and they have a whole bunch of comics coming out. And so we're going to do a quick one-by-one-by-one uh, one one quick review of stuff that's coming out from them. First thing we're going to do is take a look at issue number three of Omega. This issue was written by Mark Griffiths, Griffiths with art by classic Doctor Who comic artist John Ridgway. Um, let me give you kind of a brief overview of what has happened previously because they kind of have a little uh, opening little blurb. Princess Malika of Minos and her ragtag companions are desperate to prevent Axergi 
freeing the rogue god Omega from his black hole prison. But now, Oxergy has commandeered the planet's mightiest starship and has turned the full force of its firepower against Malika's craft. So, Princess Malika is trying to stop them from freeing Omega, and uh, this issue starts out with some really wonderful visuals from John Ridgway, and uh, with the princess kind of having her life flash before her eyes, but then, of course, she gets rescued at the last possible moment and is able to uh, make it over to uh, Oxergi's ship to try to stop him from uh, freeing Omega, in which she finds out that it's kind of too late. Omega's already uh, out, and uh, she still needs to try to stop him. Uh, you do find out that Omega is really, really super powerful compared to what I think of Omega anyway. This is, seems like he's head and shoulders above what he had been prior. Um, I don't want to give away too much because, like I said, these comics are going to be coming out here shortly. But this is uh, a really splendid issue. The story progresses along at a really great clip. And... Um, it continues this really good story on. Uh, I've really enjoyed this Omega miniseries. There's one issue to go to wrap things up, and I think it's going to be one heck of a, an issue. One thing I do want to highlight is John Ridgway's artwork. Those of you who are familiar with John Ridgway's artwork, and especially when it comes to Doctor Who, um, he's somebody that tells big planetscape-sized stories. He's somebody who, if you're trying to tell a story that has a budget bigger than what you can hold on TV, John's the one that can show it to you in comic book form. And this issue of Omega is no exception. There are some really wonderful, uh, big, vast panels with lots of really cool-looking imagery. But what I enjoyed the most is there's a battle that goes on, a mental battle that goes on uh, between Omega and uh, another individual. And though just what he accomplishes, what Ridgeway accomplishes in these panels is reminds me why I enjoy his artwork so much and why those of us Doctor Who comic book fans really enjoyed his artwork. Trust me, you won't be sorry of with what you see in here. It may have been, you know, many, many, many years since John Ridgeway has drawn a Doctor Who comic, but he definitely has not lost his touch. So... Highly recommend Omega. Next issue we're going to take a look at is the final issue of Litten. Litten is the first miniseries that Cutaway Comics did to start things off. And this is the final issue of it. It is written by creator of Litten, Eric Sayward, with art by Barry Renshaw. Um, let me give you a little preview on this one. The hunt is on for the Positron, an artifact held in a warehouse full of alien technology. The mysterious Mr. Seton has tasked Lytton with acquiring it. Barely escaping from Aldwych West, Lytton, Wilson, and their new friend Artemis are pursued through a catacomb by androids. Separated, Lytton is imprisoned while Wilson and Artemis face off against the androids. Once again, this issue, uh, I believe, has just come out from Cutaway, so I don't want to spoil it too much for what happens, but... I, I think you can kind of surmise from uh, this blurb, Lytton is going to get out of his, the, the prison that he's in and able to find his way back to try to uh, get this artifact that they're seeking. Um, 
I'm not going to tell you if he gets it or not. You'll just have to read the issue. Um, the Litton series, I to me, it was kind of hit and miss. It, it wasn't like my favorite thing that's come out, um, but it wasn't like super horrible either. Um, it kind of hit that mid-range for me. I thought the story was decent. I like Litton as a character. I enjoyed him uh, on Doctor Who, the TV show proper. I enjoyed him to an extent here in this story. However, this story just didn't really do it for me. I'm not, and I can't really tell you why, because I really don't know. It's just, it was kind of a good, kind of an espionage type story. Um, more of like a guy trying to track something down for somebody else. Um, but it just didn't, it didn't hit on all cylinders for me. Uh, as far as the story goes. The artwork from Barry Renshaw, to me, reading these four issues, it felt to me like Renshaw's artwork started out fairly strong, and I enjoyed what I saw in the first couple issues. But by the time we get to this fourth issue, to me, I don't know if he was rushed or not. It don't, to me, it feels like he was rushed. I could be t totally wrong on it. Maybe he worked really hard on it. But to me, the the artwork just isn't my cup of tea. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, I give him kudos for, for drawing this issue. He does have some interesting page layouts as far as panel placement goes. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the coloring on this one. Um, it, it is what it is. It, like I said, it's not for everybody, but um, and it wasn't for me. But I, I do think it was a, a decent story and one that is definitely one I'm glad that I have in my collection. The next two issues that we're going to review, or the last two, are one-shot issues that were uh, perks for for meeting levels of Kickstarter. So the first one I look at is the Orsini one-shot, which was a, a special issue that if they were able to raise so much money for the Litton miniseries, that they were going to do this Orsini issue. This Orsini issue is a one-shot issue. It was written by Eric Sayward, with art by Adrian Salmon, who is a longtime Doctor Who artist. And uh, he's one of my favorites. If you haven't seen his artwork, it's to me it reminds me a lot of Mike Mignola's artwork. Um, just maybe not as... He uses... Adrian uses a, a thicker line than, than Mignola does. But anyway, um, let me tell you the blurb that's on the first page of this uh, one-shot issue. Exiled from the Grand Order of Oberon, celebrated Grand Master Orsini and his brave squire Bostock traverse the hinterlands in search of honor amidst the chaos. However, it soon becomes clear that they are not alone in this strange part of the galaxy. Is the hunter about to become the hunted? And in this issue, Orsini and Bostock uh, end up going on a quest. They are on a quest for a book. They are tracked down by somebody who, uh, her name is Vera, and she is, uh, let me look it up here, her name is Vera, she wants them to track down this, this special book, uh, the Book of Living Light has been stolen from a particular library, and it's up to uh, Orsini and Bostock to track it down, and basically... That's all you need to know for this issue. Do they track it down? Don't they track it down? You need to read the issue to find out. However, I will tell you that for a one-shot, this was excellent. 
a lot of people that are fans of Orsini and Bostock from their appearance on Doctor Who were really excited to to see this comic come out, and that's why they were able to raise the funds to make this comic happen. And I am so glad that it did, because whereas to me, Eric Sayward's Lytton story, I to me it was a bit too complex, a lot going on, it seemed to jump around quite a bit. This Orsini one-shot is the exact opposite. It's nice and straightforward and simple in that you have Orsini and Bostock being recruited to find this book. And that's it. Nice, simple, direct story. And it has lots of twists and turns and action in it. And it's an excellent story. The artwork from Adrian Salmon is great. It's wonderful. It's colored very well. It... uh. It's fun. It's uh, action-packed. There's interesting camera angles. It's just wonderful. I just enjoyed the the entire thing. Um, It's a good, fun, one-shot story, which if you've listened to Panel to Panel, you know that's one of the things I'm a big fan of is nice, simple, straightforward stories that are fun. And uh, Orsini is definitely, it fits the bill on all those categories. The final issue that we're going to take a look at is an issue called Eldrad Must Live. It is another one-shot story. Uh, this was the the perk for backing the Omega campaign. This is something that they were going to create if they raised enough money, which they did. This issue was written by Eldrad creator or co-creator Bob Baker with art by Stephen B. Scott, uh, coloring by Andrew Orton. And um, this one, following a narrowly averted radioactive meltdown, a military cleanup operation is well underway at the Nunton Complex. With Eldrad and mysterious strangers having vanished, the emergency seems to be over. But has Eldrad left a final deadly surprise behind for Nunton's director, Professor Watson, in the embers of the nuclear reactor? This basically takes off directly from the uh, the Doctor Who story where we get introduced to Aldred and where we think Eldred has been destroyed. In fact, the very first page gives you kind of a, a quick uh, flash, flashy recap of what happened in the original uh, story. And it goes on from there. You get to see some characters that um, you may or may not be familiar with, but if you don't, that's fine. And Basically, you find out that there is a sliver of Eldrad that has still has Eldred's essence in it, and it imparts itself into a spider. And the spider, or Eldred as the spider, grows in size and is uh, using the, the nuclear energy to rebuild him or herself. And uh, by the time you get about halfway through the story, you find out that Eldrad is working its way up to take over a human being and uh, become bigger and badder and better than what he was before. In this story, um, I don't want once again. I don't want to give away too much, but it was it's basically just Eldrad being able to rebuild him her himself from a sliver that, uh, if you read the back matter of this issue, 
that's where they came up with the story idea. Bob Baker came up with it saying, like, there's a, there was a piece of Eldred that could have been left here. What if that was able to impart itself onto something living and re reconstitute itself or have Eldred recreate himself? And that's what this issue is all about. As the story goes, I thought this story was really fun. Um, there's a bit more talk in this story than the Orsini one shot, but it's it's a it needed it in there. I believe it's a it, to me it feels almost like a, a classic Doctor Who story without the Doctor in it. Um, you have Eldred in it. Uh, you have it's a lot of fun and the the what Eldred becomes by the time he rebuilds himself into uh, full form. I think he looks really neat. Uh, and you can definitely see it even on the cover of this of this one shot. You see what Eldred looks like rebuilt in its in his uh, silicate uh, form. The artwork I thought the artwork was really great. Um, uh, Stephen uh, Stephen Scott did an excellent job drawing uh, this issue. A good job capturing likenesses of of characters. Good panel layout. Uh, good detail. Once again, his his design for what Eldrad looks like, I think, is really cool. I have to give kudos for the cover for this. It's a definite Incredible Hulk cover ripoff, uh, or homage, I guess was a better term for it. But it's excellent. Um, once again, it's an, it's another one-shot where the story, I think, is nice and straightforward. It does kind of leave itself on, a, on an ending where you can continue on, and I hope they do. I think Eldrad looks really cool, and it's nice to see Eldrad in a comic. And I hope for more. All in all, these four uh, issues from Cutaway Comics were were very decent. Um, I think it's kind of weird that I like the one-shots probably a little bit better than I did the miniseries. But to me, uh, it's a, those two one-shots are nice, compact stories that are lots of fun. Good artwork, good story. Definitely what I like uh, in, a, in a comic book. The miniseries, like I said, Litton uh, wasn't exactly my cup of tea, but um, I think for the first miniseries from Cutaway, uh, I think it served its purpose really well. Uh, I hope they do more with Litton. I hope they bring Litton back for another story. And same with Omega. I thought Omega was a decent story. I'm looking forward to how it wraps up, and hopefully maybe we'll see a, a sequel to that. So, for those of you who are kind of missing your Doctor Who fix and are looking for uh, something else to to read to have that Doctor Who feel or something that ties in with Doctor Who stories that you remember fondly from the past and want to get more into characters, definitely check out Cutaway Comics. I believe their website is cutawaycomics.co.uk. You should be able to buy digital copies of all these issues, and I, I must say that they are well worth it. So make sure you check out all what there is to get from Cutaway Comics. Exterminate! So, as I alluded to or talked about in the news segment, uh, Titan Comics announced a bit more information regarding their next Doctor Who miniseries that they're going to be coming out with. It is a... 8th Doctor slash 11th Doctor slash Rose Tyler uh, crossover episode, or miniseries. And I wanted to spend some time talking about it. Mainly because I'm not nearly as enthused as I was originally when I first heard that Titan was going to be doing an 8th Doctor series or miniseries. 
when they first uh, threw in that little ad at the end of the final issue of the Missy miniseries, saying that they were going to do an Eighth Doctor series, even when I talked to Jake Devine about it, or you know, mentioned it and told him that I was excited because I'm a, a fan of the Eighth Doctor, and there are lots of Eighth Doctor fans out there. How I was looking forward to this, uh, giving the Eighth Doctor some love, and uh, on the an- doing an anniversary story for the 25th anniversary of the TV movie. Fine, all well and good. That works for me. And then we see this more information come out in what's listed in the new previews catalog and the big press announcement that it's not just an 8th Doctor, but it's an 8th Doctor and 11th Doctor story. After we just got done, not with one, but with two 2 Doctor crossover events featuring the 13th and the 10th Doctor. Really, Titan Comics? Really? Do we really need another story with two Doctors? To me, that's just saying that you're money-hungry, that nobody's buying a Doctor Who comic, and you're doubling down on if people are going... If not enough people are going to buy a comic with one Doctor in it, that... We need to put in a second Doctor and hope that twice as many people buy it to make it worth our while. I don't care really what kind of story you're trying to tell. Just on the surface, let alone what we've, whatever happens in the story, um, just on the surface, to all of us Doctor Who comic fans, you're in it just for the money. You're not looking to tell a decent story. You're looking to put out a product that... You don't think that fans of the 8th Doctor or Doctor Who fans are going to buy enough of that you need to throw in a a modern Doctor to try to capitalize on so-called new Doctor Who fans. And you're even using uh, the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith, who is one of my favorite Doctors. I will give you that. He is somebody that I enjoyed on the TV show, Uh, quirkiness, uh, nerdiness, whatever you want to call it, totally enjoyed. But do we need to have him meeting the 8th Doctor? Why don't you do just an 8th Doctor story and see how that goes? Or if you don't think the 8th Doctor can carry his own weight or sell enough books for you, do an 11th Doctor story if you think enough people are going to read that or buy that. Um, why do you need to once again combine two Doctors meeting each other? Panini and Doctor Who magazine, I think, have shown, if if you read past, you know, a couple years, three years, five years worth of Doctor Who stories from Doctor Who magazine, no crossovers, no returning, you know, classic monsters, They've shown that the 12th Doctor, the 13th Doctor, on their own, can and with a really good writer, can tell a really good story. Um, Titan Comics, I, I respect Jodie Hauser. I know she's Eisner winning or nominated. I know she can tell a decent story. Part of me wonders how much of this is actually Jodie wanting to do 
an 8th Doctor and 11th Doctor story, if this was her idea, or if this was Titan saying, we need to have two Doctors in here, you need to tell a story with, we want to do an 8th Doctor story for the anniversary, but we need to have another Doctor in there in order to make it worth our while and to get people to buy comics. I don't know how much of it is part A, how much is part B, maybe it's a mesh between the two, but I'm sorry, I just, it feels like it's a big cash grab. And I know that I'm not the only Doctor Who comic fan out there who feels that way. If I wasn't such a diehard Doctor Who comic fan, I would probably boycott this miniseries just because after two stories where you had crossovers, not even counting the Missy part where you had Missy meeting a previous incarnation of herself, which is another crossover in and of itself. That's even telling you, okay, we can't even tell a Missy story without having a, another master in there to to add into the mix. Because we want to capitalize, probably not enough Missy fans are going to buy this comic. Maybe if we throw in the master from the 70s, some older classic Doctor Who fans will buy this comic as well. You're doing the exact same thing now with this 8th Doctor and 11th Doctor crossover story. And then on top of it, you throw in Rose Tyler. Why do you need to throw in Rose Tyler? I guess it must be central to the story because it's the Empress or Empire of the Wolf. And Rose is the, the bad wolf. Even if you look at the listing for previews, which I will have up on my website, DrWhoComics.com, Titan makes a specific point in their in this page of the catalog to say that Rose Tyler is one of the most popular companions in the history of Doctor Who. That goes to show or to tell me, the way I interpret that is, we know there's lots of Rose Tyler fans out there, so you should buy the comic because we're putting Rose into this story. That's what I'm reading this as. I'm not reading it as she's central to the, the, the plot of the story. She could all be. You know? And granted, I may be proven wrong here. Maybe this story will come out in the span of four issues or five issues, however long it is. It will be a wonderful story. I will like the interaction between the 8th Doctor and the 11th Doctor. Rose will be central to the story. She will be the big bad villain by the time it all shakes out. Who knows? But, once again, on the surface, looks like a cash grab. Looks like a money grab from Titan. Um, I hope that Jody and uh, Titan prove me wrong. Right now, the only thing that's saving this story for me is I know I'm going to get artwork that I enjoy from Roberta Granada and Enrica Aaron Angiolini. I know, I know what to expect from them art-wise, and that has nothing really to do with the plot of the story or the story itself. They could draw a a superhero story and I would enjoy the artwork. They could do a horror comic. I would enjoy the artwork. I know what I'm getting from this pair of wonderful artists and that is one the main reason I'm looking forward to this story or this, this miniseries coming out. Story-wise, not really interested. Don't really care. I'm more concerned with seeing Doctor Who, uh, the comic strip, come back to Doctor Who magazine than I am about another crossover series from Titan. Uh, 
I hope I'm not burning any bridges by anybody who may listen to this podcast from Titan Comics because you are the company that's putting out Doctor Who Comics right now. And I would like to talk to Jody Hauser and find out how much she enjoys uh, writing Doctor Who Comics and how big a Doctor Who fan she is. But it seems like I, if I, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Um, but Titan, I expect more from a company that's putting out Doctor Who comics. I expect really good writers to be really challenged to tell stories that we haven't seen in Doctor Who, whether it be on TV, novels, big finish audios, comics. I expect a lot more than just let's take a couple doctors, throw them into a story, let's grab a companion that we think is really popular with the fans, and throw them in as well, and let's just see what happens. I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. Feel free to comment on uh, the Doctor Who panel to panel Facebook page and let me know if you think I'm right or if you think I'm wrong. Who knows? Maybe I'm in the minority. Maybe there are some of us fans who are in the minority that don't expect as much as as we should from a comic company doing a Doctor Who comic. Maybe there's plenty of Doctor Who comic fans out there that really like the crossover stories like this. I want to hear from all of you. I would like to, to start a big online Facebook discussion as to whether or not Titan is doing a good job or doing a poor job. Me personally, I think right now they're doing a very, very poor job. I think that they can do much, much better, and I hope they do in the future. But for right now, I'm I'm really curious to see when I review these issues what my reviews are going to be, because I'm I, sometimes when it's a Doctor Who story that I'm not a big fan of, I always try to, to to find the positive in things. I try to find you know I'm always looking at the glass half full. I'm an optimist. I'm an internal optimist. I always think everything good's going to happen in the end. Maybe that's from growing up being a fan of superheroes and seeing the good guys always win or good things always happen in the end. But right now, I'm not so sure that this miniseries coming up is going to end that way. And uh, I, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat my my views on this miniseries. I'm going to tell you what exactly I think. And uh, I hope you stick along for the ride of this podcast. I hope... You are uh, you are happy with the fact that I'm being honest, that I'm giving you a, an honest review, um, and I guess that's it. Thank you for listening to my rant. We've reached another end to an episode of Panel to Panel, and thank you for sticking along for this ride. Um, I apologize if you feel like I might have come off a little too harshly, but I'm I'm sorry. I'm one of those readers who is getting sick of and tired of what Titan is doing in the comics. They are taking the horse. They are beating the horse to death. They are beating the dead horse. They are digging a hole and burying it and then grabbing another horse and beating that one to death too. Um, like I said, I expect better from a company that has the rights to Doctor Who. We can we have seen in the past, whether it be on TV or in novels or audios or previous comic books, how people and creators can push the envelope of Doctor Who. And Doctor Who has no boundaries. You can do whatever you want. And when you see a company like Titan Comics and 
creators like Jody Hauser, who is a, a creative individual who can tell wonderful stories, who almost seems to be just kind of sitting on her laurels and just writing, you know, phoning in a story. I think she can do a better job. And I expect more from her or whoever is next in line to tell a Doctor Who comic story. So, with all that being said, I've already done my rant. I don't need to do another one. But anyway, thank you for listening to Doctor Who Panel to Panel. I truly appreciate it. Um, just as an offside thing, um, I'm thinking about doing some sort of uh, t-shirt or stickers or something that uh, I could uh, sell and maybe make a little money off of to help do some uh, bigger and better web hosting. So instead of having past episodes up just on archive.org, have them all up on the iTunes feed so people can listen to previous episodes and I have to go digging for them. But in order to have a bigger web hosting service, I need to have some sort of income to cover it. And right now, the income for Dr. Who Panel to Panel is zero. It's a labor of love for me. I pay money on my pocket for the web hosting. But in order to do something bigger, I thought maybe if I offer like t-shirts, I'm trying to get some cool artwork lined up to put on said t-shirts and sell them through the internet uh, direct to you and then make some little money on the side doing it that way. Or if anybody has any ideas of what I could do for Patreon to uh, get people to pledge at you know a dollar an episode per month or a couple dollars here and there, I would truly would appreciate it. In fact, if you uh, go to patreon.com slash Doctor Who panel to panel, I do have a Patreon page. I never plug it. I feel bad about asking for money from anybody, but any donations are gladly accepted. Uh, any monthly um, Patreon pledge that you want to do is greatly appreciated. And above all else, I appreciate everybody downloading the latest episode of Panel to Panel, listening to me rant, uh, listening to interviews with wonderful, wonderful creators, uh, past, present, and future of Doctor Who comic content. And uh, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. Make sure you go check out previous episodes at archive.org. Uh, search for Jeremy Bument or Doctor Who Panel to Panel. And this outro is going way too long, so I'm just going to say this is Jeremy Bument saying until next time, stay uh, happy and healthy and Doctor Who Panel to Panel, the podcast about Doctor Who comics, thanks you for downloading this episode. Let us know what you thought about this episode or of Doctor Who comics in general. You can find us socially on Facebook at Doctor Who Panel to Panel, on Twitter at Doctor Who P2P, 2 being the number 2, and online at DoctorWhoComics.com. Download previous episodes via your favorite podcast service and find the complete catalog of episodes featuring amazing interviews with creators past and present at archive.org. Just search for Doctor Who Panel to Panel. Thank you. Thank you.